Hello, everybody. It's the Five Heart Cod Podcast without Greg. Because I told him to take the night off. He might be watching. Because he's probably sitting there going, he's not doing the intro right. Everything looks wrong. And he'd be correct. Because whenever I do this without Greg, I do my best to screw it up. Uh, okay. It's a volleyball show tonight. And I have two of my volleyball writers on with me, Miley and Beth. And they are both volleyball experts. And I am going to do, you know, you need to bring in the questions about volleyball. I know a lot of you want to go, ooh, if we want to talk about football. Well, guess what? Saturday night, you have number one versus number two. And it's not just that they're number one versus number two. It's that they're undefeated, number one, versus undefeated, number two. What do you guys think about that? I mean, what's your when you see this, what's your first impression of Wisconsin, Nebraska? Yeah, the storyline is pretty great. There's there's not much that you you build this up and you make this storyline, and you've got two teams inside the same conference that haven't lost a single match the entire season, and Wisconsin hasn't lost an entire set to anybody else in the Big Ten yet. So, you know, when you write storylines, this one builds and builds and builds until you get to, you know, this might not be the highest culmination of this volleyball season, but this is a peak. This is one of the peaks of the season. Miley. I sort of see this as maybe a national championship match. I mean, it's early in the season still a little bit, but it could be one. I think what I what I look at is this. I look at it from you know. I look at it as the gentle old man perspective. <laughs> it's this. It's this. I look at it and I go, you know, we have an incredible volleyball team. We have an incredible volleyball program. We had Nebraska Volleyball Day. We set a world record about volleyball, and we're going to look at this game Saturday night. And if we lose this match, we're going to be like more disappointed. I. It's just. You know what? That amount of pressure on a team, I, how do you handle that? I mean, Wisconsin has won the Big Ten, what, four years in a row? And Nebraska, yeah, has, ne Nebraska hasn't beat them in how many matches in a row? Why are we talking about these stats? Let's talk about something <laughs> more positive, John. How about well, we, we're gonna, we'll start with this, and then we'll go up. Yes, you, have to, you have to, you know, build the – Build the press, the momentum kind of thing. They are they are four time in a row Big Ten champions, those Wisconsin Badgers, and they've been excellent. And they've had Nebraska's number for a bunch of years now. Um, there is no um, Husker that has beaten Wisconsin except for transfer Merritt Beeson. She's a junior transfer. She beat them as a member of Florida's team last year. And so, um, yeah, I, I, this is a match that you absolutely, absolutely want to win. Um, I think if Coach Cook was on here with us, he would tell us that um, they're going to come at this match as they do every other match. They're going to try to win. They're going to try to get better. But this isn't the end of the season. This is not the Big Ten Championship. This, it could mean a lot in the way of a Big Ten Championship, but it's also not the National Championship yet. Right, these two could definitely beat uh, meet each other at that point, but um, if they lose and they grow from it, if they lose and Harper Murray's fire gets lit stronger for her, then 
then that could be a long-term victory for them. Um, they will do everything they can to win on Saturday night, but if they don't win, there could be winning outcomes from even a loss against a very good Wisconsin team. Wow, it's like you've done this before or something. <laughs> you got you got to talk the players to the right mindset before they get there. You know, if they win on Saturday or they lose on Saturday, they're still going to play the next match, right? There is no elimination moment on Saturday night. And different than football, there are so many matches inside of a volleyball season that you don't get ruled out from a national championship contention by losing on Saturday night. You are very likely still a number one seed going into the NCAA tournament if you continue to win the way you've been doing. And if you lose to the number one team on Saturday, then you're still going to be in a good spot come national championship time. Yeah, Saturday is definitely not the end-all, be-all. It's the beginning of a tough road ahead of us with, I mean, a, one more match against Wisconsin after that, plus going into the tournament, plus, I mean, everyone else they play this season. They, Purdue and Indiana played us really tough. Um, so anyone could – yeah. Okay. You both played college sports. You both played Miley. You played hockey. It doesn't matter if you didn't play volleyball. You do have to have a mindset to carry on throughout a season. That isn't football because in football, if you lose a game, it's like, Oh, it's the end of the earth. In both of your sports, hockey, volleyball, you just, it's, you're going to lose games. Well, you Which sure one? don't want to. I mean, I hate to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here accepting losses. I don't want a loss. But what you have to go into Saturday with, if you're coaching or playing for Nebraska or Wisconsin, is that we have some specific things that we want to execute. And those things, if we execute them well, should result in a win. But we also understand that we are playing a highly dynamic team and they have a way to win b way to win c way to win d way to win. wisconsin can beat nebraska this many ways and nebraska can beat wisconsin this many ways and it's a matter of moving those chess pieces throughout the match to determine who wins the first strategy that we go at wisconsin with won't beat them the whole night they will adjust and then they will come back and they'll win the next five points when they adjust so you win this match and that is that is a victory and you take it and you value it. But you also know you can walk away from a loss on Saturday night with some very important information. And if you perform in those pivotal moments, if you if you accomplish some of the um, less tangible goals, you may also move forward and know that the victory can come later it will be sweeter if you are going to lose, but I am not endorsing losing. That is not, we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you believe that Miley? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with my sport, with hockey, we, my freshman year at Midland, we played 40 games. So it was inevitable that we were probably going to lose one of those. One of them might be big. One of them might be small. It doesn't matter, but you just got to take wins from every game that you play doesn't matter if you win, doesn't matter if you lose. You have to figure out what works and what doesn't. Okay. I look at Nebraska's team. 
And, you know, obviously I watch Nebraska volleyball. My wife watches Nebraska volleyball. You look at this year's team and you kind of see, I, you know, it seems to me like in the years past, I always think of Michaela Fecky was like, you know, she would take over a game. She'd get that like serial killer look in her eyes and you go, wow, them sons of bitches she's playing against her in trouble. And she would take over a game. This year you can see that same look in uh, Merritt Beeson, right? And then we have Harper Murray. And then in the back, I mean, we have Beck Al. We have some other players. Uh, but in the back, you have Lexi Rodriguez and Lainey Choboy. I got her name right, didn't I? You yeah. got it. <laughs> okay. Earlier I said Cheney Lowboy, and I was looking it up on the internet. Why aren't, Why can't I find this? And I'm just because my, I'm old and my brain's broken. Anyway, I look at that and I go, my God, those they're so dynamic. They have so many different ways of doing things. I love the back row flying stuff. And then I turn on Wisconsin and they have like giants playing for them. They're literally like nine feet tall women that just, I don't know, they kill everything in front of their path. They, what's that lady's name? Shrek? Anna Shrek. 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 Right. Okay. So they have Shrek playing for them. <laughs> I mean, they do. They are very tall. They um, they are the tallest team we'll face. They've got Anna Schmreck, who's 6'9", and then Carter Booth, who's 6'7". Yeah. And so both of them, obviously, are going to be great blockers, great attackers, and they attack from a different contact point than – I mean, we have some very tall players too, right? We've got, you know, 6'5", Allie Batenhorst. We've got – everybody on our front court is over 6' foot. Our shortest one is 6'2", and that's our setter. So um, Bergen Riley, um, but Wisconsin is tall and they contact the ball at a different point. And so those defensive players are practicing that right now. They're playing against some of the, you know, men who they practice with, who contact that ball at a high point. Really? Um, our blockers. Yeah, they're going to, um, and they do that regularly. But when you scout a team and you prepare for a team, you try to mimic that team in practice. So you're, your um, practice players, some of which are men, you see them standing kind of behind the Nebraska bench when they're when okay. they're playing, and they're they're keeping stats and they're they're coaching too. They're very knowledgeable in the game of volleyball, but they're also going to play and um, help the team prepare physically by by playing as a six nine or whatever height they are. Um, in this case, Wisconsin simulated team. Um, yeah, Wisconsin is. Oh, a different go. level of good. We played Stanford and they were good, but Wisconsin's a different level of good. Yeah, <sighs> I'm going to be honest. I have not watched Wisconsin once this season. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, you know what? If you, if you did, it would like give you – you'd have nightmares. Yeah, that's that's mostly why I haven't, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so have, have you guys looked – I mean, when you're looking at – I'm going to ask this. This is I, I don't know volleyball like you guys do. All right? I don't know. I know that I, what a dig is. I know what a kill is, what a set pass is, you know, the basics. I don't know anything about strategy. Could you guys go through maybe a couple of things that Nebraska can do or what we would look for in this match to where do you think Wisconsin might be weak that they would attack? And so I don't forget it. It's still in my old man brain. We have had a lot of service errors lately. 
And I am yes. guessing the service errors are because they know that they need to be aggressive in service. I mean, let's face it. If I was playing volleyball, I'd hit the ball like this, and I'd it'd go looping up over the net, right? That's how I played volleyball. And, and they're not going to do that. They are trying to hit the ball in such a way that it's not returnable, and that requires a lot more aggressive work and spin or attacking the ball during a serve, right? Let's start with that. They've had a lot of service errors. Is that because they're aggressive or because they're bad at it? I've seen that Coach Cook wants them to be aggressive on the serve, but they need to be aggressive and not hit it into the net, which is just their biggest problem right now. It's They're giving teams so many free points doing that, which could be the line of winning or losing a game or match. Yeah, serving is the first offensive weapon for any volleyball team. You have the ball. You have complete control of the ball. It is you and the ball behind the line, and you are the first offensive weapon for your team. And so I agree. And I want us to stop missing serves as much as every other person who cheers for Nebraska volleyball. But I also know that if we just start making our serves, like instantly, tomorrow, here we go, we're going to make every serve. That's our goal because that's not our goal. Coach Cook does not walk into practice and say, we are making every serve today, period. What he walks into practice and he says is that we must serve those lines. We are going to serve. He gives them a zone, right? So when they zoom in on Coach Cook during a match, he's giving them a zone. If you, you know, he's got his clipboard right here and he says zone five. He wants his player to serve down that line. So if, if my server's off to the right, zone five is right down the line. And he wants her to serve down that line, not to the passer because that's too easy. I will pass that to my setter and then I'll jam it down your throat, Lexi Rodriguez. Not really. I'm going to serve down the line. I'm going to make this passer move that increases her chance for error on her pass and increases my chance for the ace. So, we're trying to serve on the end line. We're aiming to serve it to that end line. So it chooses, those passers have to choose in or out. And if it's in, I have to pass it way up here. And that's a hard pass for me. So our goal is not every serve is in. Our goal is that we are throwing their offense out of system. They can't run anything they want because our serve was so good that they couldn't. And where we're missing is those margins. We're we're going high okay. risk and we're not yet getting high reward. And if we gave Coach Cook some truth serum, I think he believes that if we continue to practice this and we continue to believe in our serving, that when the time comes in the national championship or in the semifinals back up to the quarterfinals, our serving will have progressed and gone through this belief in the end result that it will get there. Harper Murray is a phenomenal athlete with a determination. She will figure out how to make those serves in pressure moments, and it will be on the line um, rather than outside the line, which she's doing right now. And I'm just going to add one more thing. Her ratio to aces to misses is still the best ratio on the team. She has the most misses, but she also has by far the most aces. So I hear it and I know she's missing too many serves, 
but she also still has the best ratio aces to misses on the team. So I'm not on bench Harper, Harper Murray's serve yet. I, I think she's got to play through it. And I think in November and December, we're going to go, this is amazing. Okay. Well, I'm gonna... a... Go ahead, Miley. I saw an article or a press conference or something somewhere that they go days in practice without service errors, but all of a sudden they get to the matches and it's just service error after service error. It's like, what's happening in between those practices and then the matches? Like, whoa, what's going on there? <laughs> okay. Highlander gun says I need volleyball 101, maybe bonehead volleyball. I know nothing about it. I am guessing that is a great deal of people. You know, we had Nebraska volleyball day. We had 92,000 fans, but the honest to God truth is I'd say the majority of us really don't know a damn thing about the sport. I mean, we know that, you know, there's, there's serving and at the other, why should I describe this? You guys describe a play. Okay, we'll just do this real quick. Try to get some basics down so people, because people I assume are going to come in and watch this video later so they can understand more about what's going on. Okay, Volleyball 101. Yeah. Um, serve starts the rally. And so um, serve is offensive. You're trying to throw the other team's passers off. The first pass by the other team is called their serve-receive, and they're going to pass it underhand. Ideally, they're going to get it to their setter, who's going to set it overhand. That's the set, and she's sending it up so that the next player can attack it or spike it, and that spike has to cross the net. Three contacts, and then that ball has to cross the net to the other team, and the last contact um, you want that to be a downward driven ball. So that's the spike or the attack. Um, the opposing team can block, which is, you know, up at the net, a wall. They're putting your hands up in a wall fashion, trying to send the ball right back. If it um, crosses your block, then you're, you're starting over on those three contacts. So pass, set, attack again. Um, so any ball that lands on the floor or um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there to keep it volleyball one-on-one, but any ball that lands on the floor scores a point and it scores a point for the opposite team. So um, block touches do not count as touches. Okay. So you just get three contacts and those are usually a pass, a set, and then the attack. That one-on-one. Yeah, that's not too bad. What about, okay, let me, you know what? Let me take some comments here. Uh, Wade Fard says, does Cook need to shave his head to beat the Badgers? Well, Kelly Shetfield for Wisconsin does have a shaved head. Kelly Shetfield is the Wisconsin head coach. Um, no, I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> uh, GM no, earlier said, John, stop being depressing. I'm Go ahead, Miley. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I don't know if John Cook would look um, that great bald. So, <laughs> uh, GM says, Beth and Miley, thanks for classing up the joint. Uh, okay, this is Wade Farr says, when serving, do the players get upset at stuff that is shouted at them? And this is one of the things about volleyball that I always find amazing. I don't know of another sport 
where the fans are as close to a player as they are in volleyball where they're serving and the fans are right behind them. And, you know, normally they stick the student section right behind them and the student section is yelling things. Uh, people might say basketball, but, you know, basketball even keeps, you know, they separate the court from the from the crowd most of the time. Uh, what? And I guess the answer to that or respond to it, how do you I deal mean, with I, this kind of stuff? I mean, basically, you just have to, like, just not listen to it or just block it out. Because there's no other way you're not going to listen to it without doing that. Like, at Purdue, um, the student section was right there on yeah. the servers. And, um, yeah, they were just heckling on the entire game. So they just had to they just had to block it out. I noticed that Lainey Choboy was – they were singing something or doing something, and she was dancing with them right yeah. before she yep. served. So I suppose you kind of go, uh, you're not getting to me. I'm one of you already. Mm -hmm. All right. Bradley Cooper or Bradley Warnick. Bradley Cooper. Is that a <laughs> TV? Do I'm terrible with names. Bradley Warnick says, how do you see Alec progressive in her career? Can she rise to the level that Fecky did, Michaela Fecky? Um, different positions. So Michaela Fecky was an outside hitter and Becca Alex a middle. Um, so hard for me to compare, but um, Becca Alec is certainly an emotional leader for this year's Husker team. She um, she's also very consistent. That you you can't think of a match when Alec had a bad match. She had a couple of miscues um, when she came in against, I think Michigan State is when she started. Um, she got later. benched one of those matches too. Yeah. And so she's just fiery. I think the team feeds off her fire and, and responds to her um, sass. You know, she talks through the net, which not all volleyball players trash talk, but Becca Alec trash talks. I mean, she's not trash talking to me, so I don't know what she's saying, but she responds to players after she blocks them and lets them know she knows that's who she just blocked. And anyways, so I, I think she, I'm her potential is really limitless because she's super athletic. Um, she clearly likes to win. She's driven to win and get better. Um, and from her freshman to sophomore season, she's, already gotten better. She's a better blocker this season and she's more offensive. So it's tough to compare, compare to Fecky because of the different positions. Um, but I think she's more comfortable this year. You know, when she takes that second ball in the middle last year, we sort of chuckled at that and said, Oh, she thinks she's a setter, but she makes that play at the right time um, when she needs to, when the setter can't get to that ball. And so, yeah, Alec is a, a pivotal player for Nebraska. Wade Farr asks, what and why is there a player that wears a different color jersey, and why doesn't another one wearing that different color come in when the one shuffles out? I mean, this is part of your volleyball 101 thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. We'll write more 101 articles, or maybe we'll just talk more about it. So yeah. um, the different color jersey player, she's called a libero. And she, there's some rules around the libero. She can only play in the back row and you can only have one libero per set. You can't switch the libero mid set. So Lexi Rodriguez is Nebraska's libero and I would not expect her to get switched out. She's 
she's very good. Um, so she wears a different color jersey. She can only play in the back court in those back three rotations, which also means she cannot attack the ball in front of the 10 foot line above the net. So that sounds complicated, but basically she can't be Lindsey Krause attacking the ball in the front row. She's not an offensive player. She's defensive. She does not count as a substitution. Um, volleyball teams get 15 substitutions per set, per 25-point um, set, and she does not count as one of those. So the way Nebraska does it, Lexi Rodriguez comes in for Becca Alec, and um, also for Angie Jackson. So she plays for our two middles in the back row um, and she can serve for one of those, but she cannot serve for the other one. And so we bring a serving sub usually in um, on the other middle rotation. So the libero is a defensive position. It's supposed to improve the serve receive passing and the defensive play of the entire match. Okay, I have to pause a minute because you fried my brain. <laughs> there's just there's a lot in this. You know what I mean? I realize volleyball 101, but there's a lot that's going on. And, and, and it's, uh, I don't know. <sighs> Keep it simple. She plays defense. She can only play in the back row. She has a different color jersey. She wears different colors. I did not know about the 15 substitutions per set. I thought it was a lot less than that. Uh, well, here's a, let's see. Miley, a GM says Miley has replaced as B. I don't, I don't know what that means. I think she meant me as the possessor of the undying optimism. Uh, that was from earlier when you said we we're going to win. And I was, I was being depressing apparently. Uh, Connor S comes in with, more pressure on Nebraska or Wisconsin? I think both right now. I don't know. I think Wisconsin has pressure to win to remain number one, but Nebraska has pressure to beat Wisconsin because we haven't beat them in so many matches. So I think there's pressure on both teams going into this match. Beth? I think Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, they're really? the one. yeah, they're the number one. They're supposed to win. They're supposed to have Nebraska's number. I mean, if we have an underdog in this match, it's Nebraska. They haven't beaten them in years. They're the number two seed. They're both very good. Um, Everybody is cheering for an amazing match, but Wisconsin's supposed to win. Are they? Uh, okay. Bradley uh, or Brad Wilson. conference and great during the postseason. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think I think Coach Cook is progressing. I think he always looks to play tough teams in the preseason of the conference. Um, he did that a little bit last this year just with the Memorial Stadium match. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's looking. And um, one of, I don't know if he's his mentor or his friend, but Coach Cook always um, talked about Russ Rose, Penn State's former um, volleyball coach, and peaking at the right time was something that Russ Rose was infamous for. He got his teams ready at Penn State to be their best, whether that was a national championship team or just very good at tournament time. And um, you don't want to peak too early or show, you know, have everybody on all cylinders right now. Um, 
because you probably can't maintain that. It's a long season. This is October and we're not going to decide a national champion until December. So um, I think maybe what Brad's saying is we're just, we're progressing. And if the progression isn't at beating Wisconsin on Saturday night, then we just better keep moving forward with our progression to include the serving and, um, and serve receive passing too. I think what we need to see against Wisconsin, one of the best serving teams in the country is good passing. Um, we watched Ohio state play Wisconsin on Wednesday night and they served aces. Wisconsin served Ohio state off the court. It was, um, I watched that. It was uh, alarming. It was, terrifi- it was terrifying. Yes. That's what um, it was. <clears throat> right now, Wisconsin is running a um, offensive system that only has one setter. And we're not exactly sure why. They normally run an offensive system with two setters. But the point of all that is the setter for Wisconsin um, was serving aces off the court. And so what we need to do, Nebraska needs to do is pass their serve and, and not get aced. Um, they will, they will serve a short ball and then they'll serve a long ball. They will serve a floating ball, like a knuckleball for baseball. And then they'll serve a fast ball or just a hard driven ball at you. So the variety of serves is one of their strategies to ace you. And so, you know, the first step in Nebraska winning this match is passing Wisconsin serves. And, um, you know, the opposite of that is not getting aced. They cannot get aced by Wisconsin serves, um, especially to the magnitude that Ohio state did. Okay. Wade Farr again, he says, so I saw Lexi go out. Does that mean there is no libero? That means there is no libero on the floor at that time. Yeah, she has yeah. to go off for that one rotation when um, the middle serves. So there is one play in one rotation when the libero and Lexi, in our case, goes off the court. Um, but as soon as this middle serves and um, is done serving, we they, the other team sides out, Lexi will go back in. Okay, Brad Wilson comes in with Lexi out as a big loss, if true. I think he means just out. She's not out. She's going to play in this match. We haven't heard anything. Yeah. Now we do. We are missing somebody else. Yep, Lindsey Krause has been ruled out for this match officially. Um, looks like Allie Batenhorst will get the green light to start in that position. So it's a huge loss because Krause was just getting started. I mean, she was getting in a good rhythm on the outside hitter position. So hopefully Batenhorst can come in and do as good as Krause, which I think she will. I think we'll be fine. But yeah, still Krause being out is definitely a big loss. Okay. We have we have a setter. These are the positions, right? Setter, libero. Both of those are defense, defensive players, right? The setter runs the offense. The setter is the quarterback. So if you okay. call the quarterback in football defensive, I agree. But the setter runs the offense. <laughs> She doesn't attack normally. The setter. She's true. Yeah. Very rarely. Yeah, very rarely. Maybe when they do those dump plays, right? The setter dump, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you got the setter and the libero, and then you have middles, which are middle blockers, and then you have outside hitters right and left. Am I missing anything? Wow, I didn't do too bad, huh? (laughs) 
Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else we got here? Uh, Colton McNear says, John, talking about volleyball, I love it. You know what? It, this is a fun sport. I can tell you this. I mean, what do I got up there? I got, you know, the photos. And when I shot photography of volleyball, I mean, just that close to the match or that close to, uh, well, honestly, six foot five young women that are incredibly athletic and probably could kick your ass with both hands tied behind their backs. I mean, it is an incredible sport. Going to it live is just, I don't know. It's probably, I mean, I love football more than anything else as a sport. I certainly love my wife and everything, but, um, Volleyball is so incredibly fast. It's it's exciting. The players are athletic. I mean, I I we've seen a huge upsweep in volleyball just this year. And yeah. I'll get to the rest of Colton's thing in a minute. But we've seen John Cook talked about this. He talked about the fact that Michigan had 9,000 fans at one of their matches and they usually don't have hardly any. Ohio State has sold out some matches. Indiana has sold out some matches. So volleyball is increasing in popularity. Yeah, I don't want to give Nebraska all the credit for this, but Volleyball Day Nebraska, <laughs> I mean, I should. You're on a Nebraska <laughs> show, Miley. I My know. God. I know. But, um, yeah, Volleyball Day Nebraska, I think, brought a lot, a lot of attention to volleyball in just the United States in general. So I will give almost all the credit to Nebraska on that one. Okay, very credit. good. Good job. <laughs> Okay, the rest of the question. What impact has Jordan Larson had on this team in terms of coaching? Is there anything specifically that she brings in terms of coaching techniques? That's a fairly decent question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, Jordan Larson is arguably, but you'll have to make a really good argument, uh, the best volleyball player in the world right now. Um, You know, the captain of the Olympic gold medalists, United States, and um, the most impactful player on that team. So best player in the world. We're just going to go with that. And now she's sitting on the sidelines of um, and part of the practices for um, Nebraska. And um, the way Coach Cook has described her is, you know, she's fairly quiet, but when she says something, it's very impactful and when um, the players have talked about her, um, either Lindsay Krause or Lexi Rodriguez have made direct comments about Jordan Larson. Um, there, she's a person that they seek her guidance, right? They're going to go and ask a specific question and hear from her because her playing experience is so recent and so relevant and so um, so varied, so vast. She's played internationally, and obviously, she played a long time ago at the college level, but she was highly successful there. So I think she's bringing um, not only the wisdom of seeing things from the bench as a coach, but she's now bringing in some really relevant playing experience that is, um, has been successful. She, she knows when, you know, if you're Lindsay Krause or apply that across any outside hitter, Jordan Larson knows when the tip is effective. She knows how to swipe a ball off of a block so that you can score. She knows what to do after you miss a serve receive pass to get back into the mindset to make the next one. So she's she's in your shoes at a level that you haven't been yet. 
um, as an outside hitter or any player on the court. Um, I, I think her presence in your practices and at your matches is, is a big advantage. Miley, you got anything on that? No, not really. All I know is uh, Jordan Larson is actually with the Midland volleyball team. I oh, that's just right. Slight, just yeah. slightly, I think, last season. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that she was with Midland. But <laughs> One of the things I didn't say about being courtside or watching volleyball is, I mean, when we watch football, right? We watch football because everything in Nebraska sports has to make a football reference, right? That's how it goes. Yep. When we watch football <laughs> – you go up to the line, the offensive team knows what plays they're running. They know what they're supposed to execute to be successful. The defense, before the ball is snapped, knows what plays they're going to be running. When you come up to a volleyball court and you begin the rally, which is a scrimmage or a play in football, basically, right? Does the team know everything about that? I guess I'll start there. Does a team on the offensive side know exactly what they're going to do? Yeah, the setter is calling the play ahead of time. So watch Bergen Riley. Um, she'll do hand signals to her players ahead of the serve being hit from the opposite team. And so, yes, they know what they're running. The only caveat to that is if the pass is pretty terrible – and um, the play goes out of system, which out of system just means we can't run exactly what we were going to do. It's like if a snap goes it's a, bad. If it's a broad, snap, it's a broken play in football. It's a broken play. Right. Um, then then you revert to um, you know a higher ball outside. Um, what Nebraska says they try to do, and this is a a higher level play than some teams could do, but they always try to keep the system going. And so the tempo of the ball, the speed of the ball never gets to be, um, you know, like a big rainbow set to the outside that's slow and um, predictable. So Nebraska tries to keep the speed of the ball and um, the rhythm of the ball to the outsides the same, but yes, they know what they're going to run ahead of time, whether we're serving or we're serve receiving the play is set ahead of time. Ugh, I have to get my internet fixed. This is getting to be okay. I think the thing that the point I wanted to make, you know, knowing the play ahead of time, but the game is so fast. I mean, it is so incredibly fast compared to, I mean, let's face it. A baseball pitcher stands on a mound. He throws the ball. Everybody knows where they're going ahead of time, depending upon where the ball is hit. Is that comparable to volleyball also? I mean, except that it's lightning speed. Like if they move over to set this person on this side and they come up with a, a kill or a, you know, a spike or whatever it is, everybody knows how they're supposed to shift in position and they have to make that decision like boom, bada, boom, boom. Well, not even, that's really slow. Just one boom. <laughs> yeah. So part of the scouting ahead of time for a team is where we will sit defensively behind the block and we'll also decide how we're going to block each of the opposing hitters. So if we go back to Anna Schmreck ahead of time, Nebraska is going to decide we're going to primarily take away her cross court or we're going to, you know, when she hits this ball, we're going to do this. When she's hitting out of the middle, we're going to have two blockers on her. And then the 
people that are not blocking are going to have their positions on the court too. And that will vary by team. It'll vary by hitter. They'll, they'll scout that and create a plan for each of the hitters ahead of time. And then conversely on our offense, we'll look at their defensive setups and we'll think about, okay, on Harper Murray, they're, they're probably going to do this. And so Harper, initially these shots are the most probable successful for you. And then adjust as the match goes on. We'll see what's available to her. Wow. I, you know what I did? I got stuck looking at the comments, so I, I didn't come up with my next question. Okay. This match is coming up Saturday night, which means it's imminent. It's the match everybody's waited for. It's probably the match everybody in the volleyball world is kind of watching and waiting to see. Uh, if you're in Nebraska, I just I just can't get over You know, I watched, like I said, I watched that game against Ohio State, and I thought, Ohio State is pretty good. And they just got they got just a mm-hmm. crushed. They it was like, God, it, you know, waves of orcs coming at them. I don't know what it was. It was a Lord of the Rings reference, probably a bad reference, but you know what I mean? It's just holy shit. They got overwhelmed and they got overrun. And what what is Nebraska what is Nebraska's what do you think Nebraska's gonna do to beat Wisconsin? I guess that's what I'm getting to. What are we what can we do against Shrek and the other giant woman. And then Sarah Franklin is a player I haven't mentioned at all. And she's like the best player in the nation, right? Uh, She's very good. Yeah, she's very good. She's an outside hitter for Wisconsin. She transferred from Michigan State. Um, Yeah, they have a couple transfers that are are really pivotal for them. Um, Their two outside hitters are both transfers. Sarah Franklin is the first one. And um, Temi Thomas Ayalero is the second one. She transferred from Northwestern. She's a graduate student. Um, they'll have Carter Booth, a transfer from Minnesota, and um, Caroline. Oh, well, she goes by CC Crawford now. She transferred two seasons ago from Kansas. Um, the things that Nebraska has to do, I think, step one is passing, right? And and this is where it doesn't. It Ohio State is is okay. You remember what they did. They um, released all of their players last year that were very good seniors and they had not enough um, scholarships to keep them all. So they're playing with a lot of young oh. players right now. So I don't I know. that. They're know com- this. And I know we have freshmen too, but I don't think they're comparable freshmen. Their freshmen are not the same and experience on the international level that Harper Murray, Andy Jackson, Bergen Riley, Laney Choboy are. So step one is passing. And Ohio State did not do that. They were aced right. way too many times. And not only does that cause a point right in that moment, but now your offense is non-existent. Even when you are passing, you're passing it off of the net. That slows down your entire offense and it makes it very predictable. So those huge blockers for Wisconsin go to the outside and they stand there with their tippy tallness and they wait to block. And that's, they just wait. Let me just, I'm going to set up a fire and I'm going to wait for you to come over here and I'm going to block you. So passing does two things. It creates a pass, which is what you have to do. And it allows your offensive system to be fast and unpredictable. And the unpredictability allows you to fool the blockers. If 
Harper Murray has a small space between two blockers' hands, she will hit the ball there. And when you hit the ball there, that defense that was setting up behind what was supposed to be a unified block, a, a solid wall, they didn't set up right there because that was supposed to be blocked. So the hole between the block is always a kill because you call it a cup defense. You cup around the block and that is where you dig the balls. That's where the ball will be channeled if your block is a wall. So pass. Wow. Okay. My brain's fried all over again. I just recorded <laughs> in the last bit. I'm trying to be helpful. I'm not trying to. You are. You are being brain. helpful. But just I'm. I'm slow. Pass the ball. It creates an offensive system that will beat their block. Not every time. Wisconsin's block will not be beat every time. But you have a shot. You have um, the ability to move their blockers around and beat them. Um, but I'm going to add in here, Wisconsin's defense is amazing. I mean, as good, as good as Nebraska's and you watch Nebraska and you know how good they are. Um, she says her name, Julia Orzel and, um, Buchkikin is their other defensive player. Yeah. They're international. I'm doing my best with those names. So those two defensive players, they dig some balls and it helps that they have that big block because those balls are channeled to the space that they're digging. But um, Wisconsin's defense will break some spirits because you think the ball is down, just like with Lexi Rodriguez, right? You think that ball is down and then she flies across the court and it's up and you go, oh, I thought I killed that ball. So Wisconsin's defense can kill some spirits and, so our hitters have to be aware that most balls will come back up and rallies should go long. Um, and we have to um, expect that to happen. Uh, wow. I kind of, I kind of wanted you to just say, yeah, well, you're going to kick their ass, you know? I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Most of the times when we do football shows, we are just so amazingly full of shit and full of ourselves with the blah, 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 blah. Hey, I got a problem with this guy. No, we're not, but never going to turn the ball over. You know, when you look at volleyball, God, it's so, it just seems like so tight. You know what I mean? Wisconsin beat Rutgers earlier this season, 25 to four in a set. And when you have a, when you have a sport, where every error is a point, that means that Wisconsin basically didn't, they made almost zero errors during an entire set. So this is going to have to be an amazingly crisp, tight game played by both teams, or am I just terrified of Wisconsin now because I see really tall women smashing the ball at me in my dreams? I, I think it'll be tight. I think... Yeah. Um, what, you know, there'll be waves of um, strategy. There'll be, there'll be waves of attack that have to adjust. And um, I think Nebraska needs to embrace that, right? I don't think there has been a huge amount of success in the adjustments throughout this season. We've seen them come up with a very good game plan. I, I think that would be a strength of the coaching staff and the players to accept that game plan and, and execute it. And so that's why games one look pretty good. 
Um, but when game two comes back and the team responds, or especially game three, when there's a little bit longer break and the coaches adjust things, um, that adjustment has not been a strength so far this season. And so if we embrace the idea that Wisconsin will adjust to whatever we do, even our best game plan, if we beat them sets one and two, then they will adjust in set three and we'll have to adjust as well. Um, and if that is a victory, if we figure out how to adjust during this match and beat them a different way than we do um, in sets one or two, then that would be a huge step forward for a team that wants to be successful come NCAA tournament time. Because every team you play in the NCAA tournament will figure out how to adjust to you. They'll have a lot of match tape to prepare for you and um Sorry, did you want me to be more blowing things up right now? You wanted me to just talk about Nebraska. We'll get, we is amazing. Will get, we'll get there. We <laughs> we will go probably another 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes, and we'll get there to the to the smoke and you know the ah, uh, you know, ooh. Okay. Miley, have you ever gone through something like this when you're playing hockey? Where you played an like, opponent that you knew that you had to really, you know, lessen the penalties. Lessen the icing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, my freshman year when we played University of Colorado, I mean, oh, okay. they were our oh. rival our freshman year, and they were assholes. Their parents were assholes. I mean, it's Colorado, so what do you expect? <laughs> there you but, go. That's yeah. the spirit. <laughs> we played them in our conference championship, and we beat them in double overtime because a girl on Colorado took a dumb penalty. And so we capitalized on that and won our first ever conference title because of that. So, yeah, I mean, those kinds of things make every little difference in big games or matches. So they they just they need to watch, of course, the service errors because that's just going to be free points for Wisconsin all night long if they can't get that under control, which will be very bad. <laughs> okay, Josh Hansen says – can we hit Schmreck in the knees? I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a, what is that? Nancy Kerrigan move. Is that what the, I don't think we can Josh. I, you know, that would go against the spirit of the sport. And you know what I've seen about volleyball is pretty much everybody kind of cheers for each other. Whereas in football, you know, in a lot of other sports, we're all ripping at each other's, you know, like Colorado or Iowa, I'm constantly beating on them. In volleyball, people are a lot more gracious to each other's. You know what I mean? Oh, let's let's build the sport. Da, 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 whatever. Well, if you're Stanford and you win the national championship, and then you have on the whiteboard like the Stanford tree shooting the uh, Herbie Husker. So besides that, yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. That's a good point. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, wade far. How much harder do you think it will be to win next year when the Pacific Four come in? And I guess that question is really, you know, we're looking at the Big Ten adding four four schools that are not slouchy, and they're not slouchy in uh, they're not slouchy in football, and they're not certainly not slouchy in volleyball. So why don't you guys discuss a little bit what that means for the Big Ten conference, which is already a kick-ass conference in volleyball? I mean, we got a little bit of a taste of it in the tournament last year with Oregon. I mean, we thought we had that game, and then five sets, 
we lost and it, it was sort of just painful, <laughs> very painful. So Oregon will definitely be stiff competition when they do come into the Big Ten. Yeah, overall yeah. the Pac-12, yeah, the Pac-12 has been a great volleyball conference too. Most of the years we're debating which is a better conference and the last couple of years it's been a little less of a debate in the West and the Big Ten has been a stronger conference. Um, yeah, Oregon is the top team um, coming in from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten next year and um, will we'll continue to be a good team too. Washington is a really good team too and consistently um, shows really well. Um, UCLA has a great history with volleyball, not the strongest year for them right now. Um, and USC, same thing, really strong history and then in having a, a good season. So yes, all four of those teams playing volleyball will up the competition level and um, obviously the travel distance or directions no longer will be the furthest west. Um, so we'll go west to play um, inside the conference season. Um, sounds like Coach Cook has just embraced that and figured out how to do that. Uh, well, but that's exciting. Vol those volleyball teams being added to the Big Ten is, is very exciting and, and will increase the the competitive level. Okay, I had one from uh, another one from Wade. And he asks, is it up to a player or a plan call if she's going to smash the ball or just plop it over the net? I think I knew the answer to this. It's like, well, what's your answer, John? I think that you, that just has to be an ad hoc decision. You make it at the moment. You you literally make it in, in when a hitter's in the air. She makes that decision when she sees the hands placement of the other blockers or the players that are in the floor in front of her. And that's again goes back to the point I was making earlier. This sport in the decision making and it is so incredibly fast paced. That's what I think makes it the most well, quite frankly, the most by far the most incredible women's sport out there. No offense to hockey. Yeah, what about hockey? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. They make that decision in the air, literally, right? Like a basketball player going up for a – he has to adjust his hands depending upon the guy guarding him. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. The, the only point I want to make here is earlier in the season, Becca Alec went out there, and Coach Cook had just called a timeout. I'm going to not remember who we played – and he said, quit tipping the ball. Becca Alec went out on the next play and tipped the ball, and Coach Cook benched her. They were tipping too much. It was not successful. They were um, – it, it wasn't the game plan. And so bigger picture, not executing the game plan. Smaller picture, doing the opposite thing that your coach just told you to stop doing equals the bench. But in general – I agree with you, John, that yes, it is a play-by-play, what do I see in front of you, me, except for when your coach tells you not to do that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bradley Warnick asks, what does the Kraus injury mean to the team? I mean, it's, it's tough, but thankfully we are very deep on the outside hitter position, and we have Allie Batenhorst to come in and just take over. But yeah, it definitely hurts losing her right now when she was just like getting going after her first injury of the season. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> 
Yeah, and strategically, it changes the subs just a bit too. So you're, if you know, Batenhorst is now starting along with Harper Murray on the left side because you do differentiate between those left side hitters and the right side. So now, first off the bench is Hayden Kubik, and um, so before Coach had begun to sub Hayden Kubik just for Harper Murray and then Allie Batenhorst just for Lindsey Krause. He doesn't have that luxury right now with Krause injured. So Kubik would be the sub in first for either outside hitter if they're not performing. Um, so strategically, it changes his sub perspective as well. Colton McNair asks, why did John stop having Becca serve? Last year she served a lot. I don't recall seeing her serve yet this year. Too many inconsistencies, maybe. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, he bases a lot of his serving decisions based on what they do in practice, and they keep a lot of stats in practice. And um, and then obviously it, the matches matter. But since Becca hasn't served at all in the matches so far this year, um, I don't think he's been asked that question directly. So I think we have to go with how he makes the serving decisions in general. You're serving in practice and doing it successfully. Therefore, you get a chance in the match, which is what happened with Kennedy Orr. She was doing really well in practice and got the nod to start doing it in matches. She's done it successfully and has proven to run points or just have a good run while she's in there serving. And she stresses the passers of the other team. So, um, yeah, I have to believe she hasn't performed in practice then. When, or okay, Wade, Wade Farr asks, how much longer do you think Coke – how much longer do you think Cook will coach? It was tricky there. See that? Okay, whatever. Is he training one of the guys I see coaching or one of his ex-players like Larson? I've heard that he's um, training Jalen Rays to take over for him. He's the guy that's up and out of his seat the entire game. Um, so I've heard that. I don't know if it's true, but – who knows? I mean. Yeah, this is a fun question. I mean, you can talk about this at parties. This is a great, you know, conversation starter. He's got a lot of former players and players that are now into the coaching world and ones that are being very successful. So, you know, build your list and watch it closely. Um, it doesn't seem like he's indicating any plans for retirement? Although he does talk more and more about horses. So was that a retirement plan? So I don't know. I have no idea how long he's going to keep coaching. Um, he does talk a lot about health too and like balance of life. So those all, I guess, could be indicators that he has a mindset of after. Colton McNair says... How about these girls, though? Who'd ever thought that we'd be at this point right now in the season? It's such a young team. I didn't imagine we'd be unbeaten in the number two team in the country. Okay, youth. Talk about the youth on this team and what they've done so far. See, this, is where, we start, honest, this is where we start building. To be honest, I'm not that surprised at how good we're doing just because we do have the top recruiting class in the nation for this year. So it's not really that shocking, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Beth? 
my dog has something to say about that. But um, yeah, I you know, if we rewind to last season and we see our 2022 team and then you tell us who's going to be our top players for this year. I mean, who is Merritt Beeson? I don't know. Right. Who is Harper mm-hmm. Murray? Okay, we knew who she was. But um, these are un, these were unseen changes in our lineup. Um, but to be honest, every time someone says a young team, yes, technically their age is young and their year in college is young. But these young women have played at really high levels and been successful at really high levels. They've been in the you know United States Olympic training system for a long time. They've competed at really high levels. So do they have a young volleyball experience? No, not at all. They've played at really high levels for a good amount of time. But I hear you. Technically, their age is young. Their year in school is young. Um, but I also say, okay, if we didn't know where we were at 2022 and what our team would look like this season, then I, I really – push back on that argument of like, what could we do in four years? No, we, you know, four years is not guaranteed to us. This is the season. Whereas this team right. and next year's team, I don't care how many seniors we don't have will be completely different. Maybe the personnel won't be that different. Maybe we'll keep all these players, maybe, but even if every single player on this team and the coaching staff is the same, it will be a different team next year. And we hope it's better and we will plan for it to be better. But I really push back in my mind on that. Oh, what will the next four years be? Mm -mm. This season is the only one we're guaranteed with these players. This is kind of like this week by week thing. Focusing on the now, focusing on the next match, focusing on the next. Is that you both played sports? I mean, at a high level to me, I, you know, I, I, most of my moves are in high school were like trying to not stab myself with a pencil. Okay. I mean, yeah, they, they're basically taking it match by match right now. There are people, you know, earlier this week talking about Wisconsin, talking about the match and people are like, Nope, it's Northwestern right now. It's not Wisconsin. It's Northwestern. So yeah, just taking it match by match is the way to do it. Okay. The next question I have is personal for both of you. Yeah, I like the face. <laughs> How annoying is it to watch uh, volleyball with either of you? <laughs> because when I watch football, there was a bit where there were years where my family wouldn't watch any football with me whatsoever because I was so, uh, let's say, animated. I'll use the word animated. Are you both like, ah, or do you just sit there calmly? I think I'm calm for the most part. I don't think I'm too animated. <laughs> I, That's just I, I am very animated. And um, my husband and I, I've made a comment and he's like, I said, I should be a commentator. And he goes, well, you're going to have to work on some of your outbursts. <laughs> you know, if there's a defensive play, I don't think they're going fast enough. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I, my feet start moving. I, 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 I am an intense watcher. Okay. We passed an hour. And now we're getting down to it. And what do you guys – who wants to start? What do you guys think is going to happen in this match? Because we do predictions. A lot of our – you know, let's face it. A lot of what we do in sports is speculation. And a lot of what we do is predicting stuff out of just pulling – we listen to the universe. And we listen to the universe talk to us. 
See how full of shit that is? We listen to the universe and we we hear the universe talking to us about what's going to happen Saturday night. Whichever one of you want to go first, what what's going to happen Saturday night? I th- I definitely think the match will go to five sets. I think <sighs> I think this is the Huskers time. I think they're going to take this one. Yeah, I think it's going to take all five to decide this one. I um Wisconsin scares me. They have so many offensive and defensive weapons and um, abilities. They have so many ways to win. But I also have been surprised more than five times by this Nebraska team and their ability to figure it out and their ability to gut out a point or a win that I thought, oh, I thought we were all done with that one, you know, down by eight or, and they come back. So I acknowledge my underestimation of this team more than once. And so I think it's going to take all five to decide this one. Um, and I will bet on the Huskers because I've seen them gut it out enough times this season that they have the potential to gut it out against a team that most of them don't have any idea that they've never beaten Wisconsin in the last whatever number of years. These freshmen have no idea. I mean, okay, somewhere in their head they know, but they've never experienced that. Harper Murray's never right. lost to Wisconsin. Andy Jackson's never lost to Wisconsin. I don't care that the last year's team did. I'm going right. to beat them. You know, that bravado and that intensity of winning is in this team. So five, and I bet on Nebraska. Wow. And the match isn't on the road either. Mm. So that will be a big advantage too. Do you think that makes a huge advantage in volleyball? I think so. I think I think the Devaney Center is very electric, and it keeps it keeps the team electric as well. Let's see where we're we going to go after this. What else do I have? Well, uh, who are you pick- picking, John? Well, Nebraska, because I'm an ignorant boob. <laughs> I mean, seriously, my wife my wife played high school volleyball, and you know she at least played the game and knows about it more about it than I do. And uh, she can get pretty animated at times. And I just, you know, I guess, I guess from a fan's perspective, because that's what I am is you kind of look at this and you go, those sons of bitches from Wisconsin. You know what? I think Wisconsin should happen to Wisconsin. I think they, their team should be broken up like the Soviet union. That's what I think. Right. Just take like uh, Shrek and send her off to I don't Missouri, and then take Sarah Franklin and put her at Kansas. You know what I mean? And Wisconsin can keep a couple of their players, but uh, you know I just I guess you mentioned the girls don't know they haven't beat Wisconsin, but I know that we haven't beat Wisconsin. And for me, because I love this and I'm a Husker, and I want us to win so bad, it's just going to be. Holy shit, it's going to be – you know what? I, I hope it's going to be a hell of a game and a lot of fun. And I hope that I can remember <laughs> – no matter what happens. All right. Anything else you want to add? Stay hydrated. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Doubleheader on Saturday. Football and volleyball. Yeah. You know, if we could win them both, that'd be that'd be a really nice Saturday. It would. That'd be great. Okay, I think we. You know what? You guys have both done. Uh, okay. Oh, look at that! 
Some guy, GM, gives us a super chat and says, stop ignoring me, John. It's bad enough you kicked me off this episode. Yeah, well, you know, that's how it goes sometimes, Greg. Uh, anyway, I was going to say something before he rudely interrupted me. You were so, complimenting I, us. Yeah, I was going to say you both done a very good job. I would like to do this again. We're obviously going to have more volleyball season coming up. Uh, I think volleyball has a rising place. Uh, you know, you're going to do it again, right? That wasn't very strong here. I need, you know, you're going to do it again, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, we got for tonight, and I'm trying to, uh, let's see, remember the outro which is uh, something like five hearts is because uh, that's all the hearts you need. Okay. You both say go, go big red. Go big red. Go big red. Okay. Good night, everybody. <sighs>